Welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon. I feel worse than I look, Perna. Ah, this is what I call nature's hangover. A perfect blend of severe seasonal allergies and moderately priced whiskey. But I will fight through it to recap the first round of the NFL draft. This is wrong. Only death shall stop me, though. Roger Goodell looked like a tech-savvy dad who still can't pronounce any Hawaiian names correctly. Marcus Mariotto. Tua Tungavalawa. Tua Tacklebox. Tua Tungavalawa. Tua Tug Job from a Violinist. Tua Tungavalawa. That's the one. Now, the first round of the NFL draft ran pretty smoothly, considering it was done from only living rooms, basements, and the Mike Vrabel communal family bathroom. Joe Burrow went number one. The Raiders reached so far with their second pick, they ended up back in Oakland. And Aaron Rodgers continues to have the worst draft luck of any man not selected by the U.S. Army to go to Vietnam. What do you think stings more for Aaron Rodgers? Seeing his current team draft his replacement instead of help for him on offense, or seeing his former head coach take star wide receiver CeeDee Lamb in the first round while his team already has Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to throw the ball to. Today, I will recap the first round of the draft, discuss the surprises, the trades, the quarterbacks, and other. Make sure you stick around for other. Let's get sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Instant draft analysis from former Bengals receiver Chad Johnson suggests the winners of round one are the Cowboys and the Broncos. Johnson tweeted, Judy and Sutton plus Lamb and Cooper. Holy fucking shit. Poignant. Ocho Cinco. Another thing to know, though, about CeeDee Lamb is his full name is Sedarian, but his Pop Warner coach nicknamed him DVD because of the highlight plays he was making. That naturally turned into CD, which simply became his name. Now, it was interesting getting to see inside the homes of all of the first round picks. Joe Burrow's family has terrible taste in curtains. Isaiah Wilson's mom didn't want his girlfriend getting too much FaceTime as she yanked her off screen when Wilson was picked. Heads up move by mom to distract us from the fact that the Titans accidentally selected a 71-year-old basketball player to replace Jack Conklin. Now, most impressively, Oklahoma wide receiver CeeDee Lamb, a.k.a. Shady Sheep, knows exactly when his girl is trying to take a sneak peek at his DM history. Gotta love Lamb's awareness of an aggressive defender that he can outmuscle for the ball. And the Vrabel family, in all of their glory, showed us why their house is the last house you'd want to mistakenly walk into if you were, say, Tom Brady or Chad Kelly. Vrabel has one son who looks like he ate the Tiger King and will keep you in the Pulp Fiction basement for his amusement. Another son who will kick your ass dressed as Violet Parr from The Incredibles, all while his third son takes a shit on live TV in the background. I don't care if Vrabel stated his son was not on the toilet here, and was in fact sitting on a stool next to his mom. That still doesn't explain why it looks like his pants are around his ankles, and actually it gets a lot weirder if his mom was next to him. 
Now enough with the draft shenanigans. Here's who every team selected in the draft. I'm not gonna name them all, you can see them, you can read. The biggest surprise though was that the early trade, the only early trade was the Buccaneers swapping spots with the 49ers to take tackle Tristan Wirfs at 13. Another win for the 49ers who went D-line and grabbed South Carolina tackle Javon Kinlaw at 14 while also nabbing a fourth round pick, number 117 overall. The Chargers traded up to 23 with the Patriots to take linebacker Kenneth Murray. New England got the Chargers 37th and 71st pick, so a second and third rounder. A big win for the Pats until they remember they can no longer win without first round talent now that Brady is gone. Belichick now has 13 picks to work with, including five on day two of the draft. The 49ers swap spots with the Vikings at the end of the first to take Arizona State receiver Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. The Vikings uh, filled two needs late in the first round with receiver Justin Jefferson and corner Jeff Gladney. Both appear to be solid picks for Minnesota, but the surprise, the shocker, was the Green Bay Packers moving up, swapping with the Dolphins from 26 to 30 to take Utah State quarterback Jordan Love, a pick Ironically, nobody loved. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense is like an old sports car. All it really needed was some premium gasoline and an oil change. And instead, the Packers bought a gun to put in the glove compartment. So they could use that gun to shoot the driver of that car in the fucking face. And the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers what they did to Brett Favre when they took Aaron Rodgers 15 years ago which just means Aaron Rodgers is going to fake retirement several years in a row until he is granted a trade so he can send dick pics to a female reporter, but with much more serious implications now that we live in a post-hashtag-me-too world. Now, no one thinks Jordan Love is as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he has the tools like a cannon of an arm and good mobility, sort of like Rodgers had when he was drafted. I will say Jordan Love looked much better than Rodgers did during the draft with his spiked up hair and soul patch. Man, 2005 was a strange time for fashion. I can attest to that. The scary part about Love is that he threw 17 picks as a senior in the Mountain West Conference against teams like UNLV, San Diego State, Nevada, Fresno State, and New Mexico. Now he's going up against players like Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Jeff Gladney, Jeff Okuda, other Jeffs, Eddie Jackson, etc., etc. It's going to be a big jump for him. The last Mountain West quarterback that found success in the NFL was Derek Carr. But nobody on earth really understands why the Packers didn't try and help Aaron Rodgers now with a pick of, say, wide receiver or an offensive line piece. The pick does make sense in that Jordan Love needs time to develop and that Aaron Rodgers is 36 and if Green Bay thinks they can do better than one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they can move on from Rodgers after the 2021 season. Now, as a team that was in the NFC Championship game, it doesn't make any fucking sense in terms of immediately making the team better. This isn't a knock on Jordan Love either. The guy might be good, and I hope he is, but this to me seems like one of the dumbest picks I can remember. Now there were two big reaches in the first round and both by teams you would expect. The teams who might actually inject themselves with Lysol to kill the Rona, Seattle and Las Vegas. First, it was the Raiders who for the second straight year had multiple first round picks and for the second straight year selected a player nobody was considering taking early. 
I think uh, Las Vegas nailed their first pick with wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Much like pissing off Aaron Rodgers on draft day, something just feels normal when the Raiders take the fastest guy in the draft. A touching tribute to the late Al Davis. Unfortunately, I think this one is a better pick than Darius Hayward Bay and James Jett. Henry Ruggs' biggest selling point is obviously his game-breaking speed. Ruggs ran a 4.27 40-yard dash at the Combine, which will likely make him the fastest wide receiver in the NFL that's never shown up on a police report. The Raiders are going to plug Ruggs into an offense that has a good amount of juice with Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Tyrell Williams, but I can't help but wonder why they picked the fastest guy in the draft with a quarterback that never throws deep. But then at pick 19, the Raiders took corner Damon Arnett, who by most evaluations had a third round grade. Arnett, 2020's Cleland Farrell, played opposite Jeff Okuda at Ohio State, but was in no jeopardy of being drafted anytime soon. Mike Mayock, who as a draft analyst said, teams reaching for a need is the biggest mistake you can make in the draft. This makes Mike Mayock the only person who forgets what he's already said more than my grandpa who had Alzheimer's disease. This year, we need to acknowledge that the Seahawks also ignored the fact that if they protected Russell Wilson, he might get some MVP votes. Instead, Seattle selects Jordan Brooks, inside linebacker from Texas Tech. Now, not to shit on another Jordan, but between Jordan Brooks and Jordan Love going way too early, I think it's fair to say that the Last Dance documentary has teams terrified to miss out on the next Jordan. Jordan. The Seahawks always seem to take a weird player at the end of the first round of the draft, if they take one at all. Uh, LJ Coyer, Rashad Penny, and Jermaine Efidi a couple years ago. Jordan Brooks might be good, but again, on most draft boards, there were about 9-10 to 10 linebackers rated ahead of him, including Patrick Queen taken uh, immediately by the Ravens after Seattle. And what do the Ravens do better than anyone else? Draft defensive talent. So you might have fucked up, Seattle. The Broncos, my Broncos, filled their biggest draft hole on offense and got the most complete receiver in the draft in Alabama's Judy is an expert route runner, a true ankle breaker, the likes which we haven't seen since Dante Hall or Kathy Bates from Misery. And he's a great deep threat that can stretch the field. He was one of the most prolific wide receivers in college the last two years. During his sophomore and junior year at Alabama, he racked up 2,700 yards and 24 tutties. That's with three other first-round picks at wide receiver, so he wasn't the only one getting the ball. That says a lot about him. Justin Herbert's jersey swap looks like he was drafted by a pretend team who wanted a pretend quarterback. Wait, that might be a little too spot on. Time will tell here with Herbert. But from my one friend, my one single friend who is a diehard Chargers fan, he texted me after the pick saying, wow, we're fucked. Then once he calmed down, followed it with a more subdued, I don't know about Herbert. I agree, but compared to Burrow and Tua, Herbert does land on the best team right now. Herbert was projected to be an early first rounder in 2019, but stayed to finish his senior season at Oregon, where he was an academic All-American, which makes sense given that he scored an astounding 39 on the Wonderlick. That's really what Herbert has over the two quarterbacks taken in the top 10. Height and Wonderlick score. 
the two most important qualities for an NFL quarterback, as everybody knows. The Bengals took national champion, Heisman winner, 60 touchdown haver, Joe Burrow out of LSU to be their quarterback of the future. Burrow checks just about every box there is, accurate, mobile, good arm, great mechanics, looks like he's always had a cold. Most importantly, he's competent. Do you think Joe Burrow lets J.J. Watt compare him to a BB gun and then almost cry about it in a post-game press conference? I don't think so. Our goal was to come out here and make uh, the Red Rifle look like a Red Rider BB gun. What did you say? Like a Red Rider BB gun. You know, it shows what he's about, which is which is disappointing. There's a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. Bro says, hey, JJ, you take that BB gun and see how far it fits up your JJ twat. That's what will make the Bengals great again. Really, the only knock people can find on Joe Burrow is that his favorite word is twat and that he took a massive leap uh, from his junior to senior year. His greatest weakness is getting a lot better very fast. The Washington Potatoes grabbed Ohio State defensive end Chase Young. This was a position of need for the Redskins. No, no, it wasn't. It was far from that. They already have guys like Montez Sweat, Matthew Ioannidis, Deron Payne, and Ryan Kerrigan along the defensive line. But like the 49ers showed us last year, you can never have too many guys rushing the passer. And like Nick Bosa, another Ohio State defensive end who went number two overall, he can be the best player on this defense right away. This also means that Washington should be content to give Dwayne Haskins a real shot in year two. Ron Rivera hasn't been all that supportive vocally of Haskins, but not drafting Tua or Justin Herbert speaks louder than words. The Lions gave up their best cornerback in Darius Slay just to draft his replacement with the third pick in the draft. Detroit takes Jeff Okuda, the second straight Ohio State defender off the board. Although I don't think a player's sexual preferences should matter in the draft. You might be wondering, why would you move on from Slay and take a rookie to replace him with a premium pick? Okuda projects, for whatever it's worth, to be even better than Slay, and he's not going to cost upwards of $15 million a year. With that said, I still have no faith in the Lions because of who their head coach is. You can stick a million pencils in your ear, but it won't help you erase the fact that you suck at coaching. You have to respect the Dolphins for trying and failing to tank, but still getting the guy they were trying to get the whole time. Tua Tungavailoa is the new franchise quarterback for the Dolphins, their most exciting quarterback since Dan Marino, which also means he's going to have to pick a different number. That said, nobody was literally pounding the table harder than Marino. He told me that defense is blo- uh, Damn I'm not sure if he was pounding for Tua, but he pounds a table. Keep in mind, too, that this is not a roster that's ready to contend right away. They have playmakers like Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and Preston Williams, but this was a roster that was stripped to the bone in order to acquire picks, which they used on USC tackle Austin Jackson and corner Noah Igbignoggin, whose last name made Roger Goodell's head explode. And if that's not how you say his last name, Google lied to me. Tua Tonga. Ryan Fitzpatrick can hold down the fort while Tua gets back to 100% from his injury. In a way, that is the biggest knock on Tua. Will he ever get back to 100%? The hip doesn't receive a lot of blood flow, which can create uh, necrosis and other words that I don't really understand. 
But if the injuries don't derail his career, I expect him to be an excellent quarterback and love the pick for the Dolphins. The Jacksonville Jaguars did a great job drafting defensive players who don't know how bad they will hate playing for Jacksonville yet. The Jags took corner C.J. Henderson at nine. He was all SEC at Florida, blanketing receivers with fluid hips, much better than Tua's regular boned hips, and his 4.39 speed. He's not a small corner either. Henderson is six foot one with long arms, a combination of size and speed that you will rarely find in a cornerback. Obviously, they need a cornerback given that they lost both Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye in the last calendar year, but this is probably still a team that is going to lose quite a few games this season. But as long as they finish the season with Henderson still actively wanting to play in Jacksonville, it would be a productive season. The Jags also took uh, Clavon Chason with their second pick in the first, uh, a good edge rusher to put on the other side of Josh Allen. This also means they have a built-in replacement for Yannick Ngakwe, one that hopefully won't treat the owner's son like Billy Madison. The Cardinals may have gotten the biggest steal in the top 10 with linebacker slash corner slash safety slash nose tackle slash barista Isaiah Simmons. His biggest challenge though will be overcoming Vance Joseph's inability to properly utilize dynamic players with the last name Simmons on defense. I'll have more draft recapping on Sunday or Monday and a Broncos draft recap Saturday night. So please make sure you come back to check out those videos. Uh, wow, draft one recap. Long, good, that's good sports, you did it, hi! This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.